It's the 2022 World Cup. It's France's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we will be looking at the at France's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Right, and uh, this preamble is actually going to be the same for every media cast we do for the player series. So those familiar with it can jump ahead, I would say about three and a half minutes to where we begin talking about France. And for YouTube watchers, there's a timestamp toward the bottom of the show notes that you can actually click on to go directly to that point. For the audio cast, uh, just the times are in the show notes. For those looking for a quick version of this, uh, you can skip to near the end of the media cast, um, the last, uh, what would we say, 10, 10 minutes? 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah, where we summarize the likely starters. Just prior to that, with about 20 minutes remaining, uh, we'll have some discussion on the squad. Uh, the main issues with the squad, how we see their overall strength, and how they look going into the cup, as well as the players and issues to look out for. We'll put these times in the show notes. We'll also be editing the media cast into a shorter version of this podcast for those who are just looking for an overview. Right, and for those looking for a deeper dive, you've come to the right place. Uh, we go through the players and how likely they are to make it to the final squad. And we explain why we think so and give some information on their history and standing with the squad. Uh, so the way we do this is by organizing the players into their designated positions. So it should be noted that these are a bit artificial since players don't always play uh, in the position that they're coded for, but it's nevertheless a good way to organize the discussion. Then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our files, and using that data, try to predict how likely the player is to make the team based mostly on their recent participation. We categorize them into definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seems to be off the squad. We also mentioned big players who recently retired and make note of any who are currently injured. We'll also try to determine which players will be starters and which substitutes. Right, and that starters and substitutes section comes uh, right at the end there. Uh, for those following on YouTube, we have a very simple graphic running where we list the names so you can actually see the, uh, the uh, spelling of the players' names. And uh, this is the same uh, broadcast for the podcast. So uh, because you can't see the names, we're going to try to repeat them a few times to help listeners familiarize themselves uh, with the players' names. So that's as much as we can do at this point. But as the rosters are being published, we'll do an update episode. That will essentially be going over our predictions, updating them based on the games played to that point, and revealing which players were selected. So keep your eye out for those uh, probably in November. Yeah, probably mid-November, and um, we're going to do a team and players update there. So let's move on to talking about France specifically. We're going to start with uh, takeaways from previous podcasts we've done. So we did uh, a team uh, series uh, before the Euro Cup in 2021 there, and we also did a team uh, podcast for their group, Group D for this World Cup. And what did we learn there, Connor? Um, so first is no outstanding leader. Yeah, this isn't really an issue. Just uh, we noted that uh, for their other strong periods, uh, there was kind of one character that was outstanding. So uh, Jules Fontaine around 1960 and 
Zinedan's a day in around 2000. So uh, for this squad, uh, they've done well, probably a fourth strong period, but there's no kind of one identifiable figure. Uh, would you say so, Connor? Yeah, I would agree. And the names you mentioned, um, also Michel Platini in the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of a feature of France, but not, not quite the case now. Yeah. Uh, we also noted, this was in the uh, recent podcast, that they were doing quite poorly in the 2022-23 uh, Nations League. Yeah, we noted that they were off to a poor start um, in the team preview for this tournament. Um, and we'll also uh, see how it played out at the end. Right. And the third uh, takeaway we have from the podcast uh, is... Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, is that uh, France is characterized by periods of strength and weakness. Yeah, so uh, in recent years, uh, in, in past years, uh, they were kind of uh, had weak periods in between their strong periods. Uh, we, we said that's not really true uh, this time, but they have been a bit flat. Uh, and there's also been kind of some uh, catastrophic tournaments, um, which include actually poor tournaments after good results. So they won the World Cup in 1998, but were knocked out in the group stage in 2002 and they reached the finals in 2006 but were quite poor in 2010 so i guess they would uh, be hoping to avoid that here connor yeah yeah the defending champion sometimes going with a lot of confidence but for for france it might actually be a it's kind of a worrying omen looking at their history <laughs> yeah all right well let's move on to the formations that they have been uh, using over the past little period and the period we're examining is basically from the euro cup uh until uh now until june 2020 actually it was a bit awkward with france here because we're doing this podcast after the september games which is not the case for most of the teams that we're covering uh, in this series for the uh uh for the player review uh, but in this case um uh we uh, looked at the September game, so that comes into the discussion uh, a little bit here. But anyway, let's look back to the Euro Cup. And uh, do you see any pattern there in the formation? Um, Euro Cup, they, they predominantly used four at the back and then um, kind of mixed up the midfield. Um, but three at the three up top was what they used um, on two of the occasions. Yeah, I mean, uh, quite mixed there. So for the first two games, they had three forwards and then one and then two. So um, uh, a bit hard to pin down, actually. Let's see if a, a pattern developed over the next uh, series of games, which was their World Cup qualifying, uh, just the, the second half, I guess, of World Cup qualifying. Yeah, and they used a 4-3-3 uh, in their first two games. And then uh, switched to a three-four-one-two system for the remaining three. Yeah. Okay, and then we had actually the 20, uh, 2021 Nations League final games there, so just um, uh, two games. Yeah, and they stuck with what they've been using, the three-four-one-two. so seemed kind of settled on that. that uh -huh. Right, and then the last set, was uh, in June, the Nations League games, but we've included the September games uh, here too. So it was a little bit mixed, but the 3-4-1-2 was used in three of their six games. Um, the other games, they, they put four defenders. Um, so I guess overall, um, the 3-4-1-2 seems to be the preferred formation, but there is some variation. 
Yeah, a couple of things to keep in mind here. Uh, one is that there was a lot of variation, especially you'll see when we start going through the players in those Nations League games. And at least part of the reason for that would have been that they've been struggling with a lot of injuries. So maybe the formation changed because of uh, the players available to them. Mm -hmm. All right, so we have sometimes three at the back and sometimes four. That's about half and half, would you say? Yeah, roughly, I would say half and half that they're using the three or four. Yeah, and then anywhere between one and three uh, forwards. Um, but uh, yeah, and really no pattern there. I guess you'd say predominantly two in the second half of the, the campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anyway, keep that in mind as we talk about the players because uh, sometimes the, the positions and the formations kind of uh, work off of each other. So let's begin with the squad and uh, start talking about the manager. So uh, Didier Deschamps is their manager and uh, tell us a little bit about him, Connor. Yeah, he was a former uh, France player and captain. Um, yeah, quite a, a legendary player for them, captain for the World Cup actually in 1998. Um, and as a, uh, but he's also, yeah, made a name as a manager. Um, he's, uh, I'm just trying to check when he became manager. You may have that. That was, uh, 2012, kind of after the blow up in 2010. Right, right. Yeah. So basically a decade now, um, and he's led them to some good successes during that time. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I, I hadn't I hadn't been really conscious that he'd been in for so long. Yeah, me either. Yeah, all right. Well, he took them through the uh, 2014 World Cup and Euro 2016. And, of course, the uh, World Cup in 2018 where they, um, where they won the Cup and uh, 2020 Euro. So that's four uh, tournaments under his belt. And this will make it five because I doubt they'll change the manager beforehand yeah. <laughs> all right well let's begin with goalkeepers and we'll just begin by naming the keepers and their likelihood so we have uh, alphonse Ariola as a definite candidate and uh mike uh do you know how to say that mainyang yeah mike mainyang i think okay as a definite candidate however he is an injury risk so i'll put him there too and we have ugo loris who um surprisingly I have as a likely candidate. We'll talk about why that is. And we have Steve uh, Mandanda as a possible candidate and Buenia, uh, uh, Benoit Costille as a possible but unlikely candidate. Okay, let's go back and talk about Ariola Alphonse. We have him as a uh, definite candidate. Uh, he returned actually after a two-year absence in November 2021. And he started the last two of their remaining uh, 10 games, but he was on the bench for eight others. So he seems kind of a permanent fixture, at least on the bench. Yeah, even if not starting. Um, he's kind of well-traveled. He um, currently is with West Ham um, in England. He spent some time in England with um, Fulham as well. Um, and before that, he was with uh, PSG. Um, had a couple of loan spells, but was with PSG for about nine years. So... Um, yeah, Real Madrid and uh, Villarreal before that, too. So in terms of tournaments, uh, he uh, was not selected for the 2016 Euro Cup, but he was on the roster for the 2018 World Cup, but didn't see any action 
in that cap. And as I said, he was uh, returning from a two-year absence, so wasn't selected for the uh, for the 2020 Euro Cup. So kind of making his way back into the team here, Connor. Yeah, even though he's not getting regular football at his club, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of actually wonder what his uh, what what his claim is that he's been brought back and and uh, used constantly because he's not uh, making much of a mark in club soccer. Yeah, yeah, but I guess he was with Paris Saint Germain until recently. Okay, let's take a look at Mike uh, Manian, and uh, he uh, started four of their fifteen games since the twenty twenty one. Euro Cup. I know it's called the 2020 Euro Cup, but it was in 2021, so I'll keep saying that. Uh, and uh, started four and was on the bench for eight, and otherwise was out with a couple of injuries, including for the last match, uh, which we'll talk about soon. Yeah, he's uh, he's a goalkeeper, um, 27 years old. And he's currently with AC Milan um, in France, or sorry, in Italy. Sorry, having had a spell with Lille in France. Um, for several years before that. Yeah, so a bit of a latecomer. Uh, his first cap was in 2020, so he only has five caps, but now he seems to be uh, quite highly spoken of. However, uh, he uh, was out with a calf injury, but I don't think it's anything to worry about because he's listed uh, as expected to be back in late October, so that might be a bit touch and go, but um, um, what do you think? Yeah, it looks more likely that he'll be healthy so that he will be under consideration. Yeah, I think France wants him because he's kind of uh, hot right now. Uh, now, we only have Hugo Lloris, who is actually the starter as a likely candidate. I'm, I'm sure he will be there, but uh, he started 10 of their 15 games since the Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for three. However, I have him as uh, uh, just likely because he was not selected, not called up for the last two matches. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's a, a minor injury um, or not. He's been with the team since 2008 and has 139 caps in that time, so an astonishing record. Um, he is 36 years old, but he's still playing regularly at a high level with Tottenham, uh, who he's been with for 10 years now. Um, so, yeah, if he's healthy, I expect he would, would be there. Yeah, and we won't go through his uh, his tournament history in detail, but he's been the captain, I believe, since 2012 yeah. and uh, has been involved as a starter in every one of those tournaments. So it would be quite shocking to see him not make it. Just a minor concern with him uh, not being called up for those last two matches. But as you say, probably nothing uh, serious. All right, well, we have a possible candidate in Steve Mandanda. And he didn't start any of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was on the bench uh, for the first three of those and the last one. However, there were 11 matches where he wasn't called up, so we only have him as possible. Yeah, he has 34 caps with all the goalkeepers other than Hugo Lloris. That's the most of the others we're talking about. Um, but yeah, not being called up, I think, does call his spot um, into question. Um He's also a year older than Hugo Lloris, 37, so it does seem to be coming towards the end of his playing career. Um, he is currently with Rennes in France. Right, and he's actually been uh, uh, around, as you say, for longer than Hugo Lloris. He was uh, on the bench for the 2008 Euro Cup, and basically for every tournament after that, he did get a game 
in the uh, 2018 World Cup, but otherwise uh, was on the bench all the time. So all of his other caps are basically non-tournament games. Okay, finally, we have uh, Benoit Castile as a possible but not likely. And he uh, returned after an 11-month absence in October 2021. Uh, didn't start any of the 12 games that were remaining, but he was on the bench for four of them. However, for the last eight matches, he hasn't been called up. Yeah, he's also um, advanced in years at, uh, at 35 years old. Um, he currently is with Auxerre in France, having spent the um, last five years uh, with Bordeaux. And he just has one cap to his name so far. Yeah, and has always had a bit of trouble making it onto the squad. Uh, the only tournament he was in was Euro 2016, uh, where he was on the bench but wasn't selected for uh, the 2018 World Cup or Euro 2020. So pretty doubtful uh, that he'll be here. All right, well, we're going to finish uh, each section here with a, um, a kind of a, a little summary of how the position has played out over the period we're talking about. And then maybe, Connor, you can uh, make a comment on the last two games just recently here at the uh, in September. Sure. Right. So, uh, But in terms of the um, position on the whole, it's quite simple. Uh, it was Hugo Lloris in the, in the Cup starting all games and in World Cup qualifying and in those two Nations League final games. Uh, however, in the Nations League, uh, I think he started the first two games, or he, he at least played two of them. But Mainyan um, um, came in, and uh, it's been different in September as well, too, right? Yeah, uh, Mainyan played the first game but was subbed out. Um, Ariola came in and then played the, uh, the second game as well. All right, so uh, in all, Mainyan played uh, three of the six games and Ariola one of them, so... That's why we had a little bit of doubt about Larice as the uh, as the keeper, but who knows whether they were resting him or he had a niggle, as you say. And actually, just to correct, it was um, Ariola who started the first game, um, and then Mania started the second, and then Ariola came in. So I just had the order reversed there. And I think that actually accounts for uh, uh, Mania's injury. Uh, uh, got injured in in the game that he started. All right, let's move on to uh, defenders. So we'll begin with central defenders here, and maybe Connor, if you want to, uh, if you want to kind of name the players and their likelihood. Sure. Um, so in center uh, defense, we have um, in the likely, or sorry, the definite category, we have uh, Jules Kunde. Um, we have uh, William Saliba, um, and then in the um, Likely. Likely category. Yeah, we have um, Lucas Hernandez um, and Prenel Kimbepe, as well as Rafael Varan. And then in the uh, possible category, we have Deo Upamecano and uh, Benoit Badiashile, or Badiashile. Um, and then as well, we have uh, Ibrahim Konate. And then uh, continuing on in the possible but unlikely, we have Kurt Zuma. And then in the seems to be off the squad, we have two names here, Clement uh, Longley, as well as Samuel Ntiti. 
Right, so that, that is a massive pile of names and uh, a bit of an issue for France, uh, as we'll see. Uh, and I'll actually uh, just touch on that issue here because um, four of these players are a bit of an injury risk here, so maybe that's why they have so many. Uh, Jules Koundé, we're going to actually um, update the injury situation at the end. Um, we have Lucas Hernandez on the uh, uh, as an injury risk, Grinnell Kimpembe, and uh, Ibrahima Konate. So four of those players uh, from possible or or up um, uh, kind of a, a injury risks. So kind of a lot to talk about here. So let's begin with Jules Koundé. And we have him as a definite because he started eight of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. And he was subbed in for two and on the bench for two. Uh, he was also suspended for two and then injured for the last one uh, with an Achilles tendon problem. Yeah, he's uh, spent the last few years of his career in Spain, first with Sevilla and then with Barcelona, who joined the summer. Um, and he has uh, 12 caps for the national team. Um, he's also just 24 years old. Right, so he just got his first cap in 2021 there. Uh, but uh, he nevertheless was part of the uh, Euro Cup uh, squad, and he uh, appeared just in Game 3 uh, there and seems to have worked his way into the squad uh, uh, since then. So a definite candidate in Jules Koundé. Uh, William Saliba got his first cap in March 2022, so quite recently, and he started four of their remaining eight games and was subbed in for three and on the bench for one. Yeah, um, he's with Arsenal. Um, he's been there for a couple of years and actually had some loan spells to France um, before that, but he's just 21 years old. Um, so a young player who seems to have established himself kind of relatively recently. Yeah, he seems to uh, uh, kind of be uh, hot for Arsenal right now. Um, but uh, he was he was uh, called up uh, before this uh, good period. Uh, Lucas Hernandez, I, I usually see him actually as a left defender. And he was a left back in all seven games of the 2018 World Cup. Uh, but several of my sources have him coded as a central defender, and that's where he's been playing most of his uh, starts recently. Uh, but he only did start four of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for uh, five, and uh, he was injured for the last two with a torn muscle bundle. So um, another injury risk. Yeah, he's uh, currently with Bayern Munich, where he's been since 2019. Um, he was with Atletico Madrid before that, and has uh, 32 caps to his name. So um, a decent number, and like you said, involved uh, in, in all started all seven games in the last World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, we'll move on to uh, Pranel Kimpembe. So uh, Pranel Kimbembe started seven of their 15 games since the Euro Cup in 2021. He was on the bench for four, but he was out with two separate injuries for three games, uh, including the last two with a hamstring injury. Uh-oh, that sounds a bit long-term, Connor. Yeah, that could be, be trouble. Um, yeah, he's uh, plays for PSG, um, one of a couple players to play for PSG. Has 28 caps, uh, 27 years old. 
um, but started and finished all their games in, in uh, Euro 2020, so has been an important player for them. Yeah, he was actually on the squad also for the 2018 World Cup, but he only uh, appeared in Game 3. That was kind of a B-team game uh, because they had already secured a passage and, as you say, a starter in Euro 2020. So um, um, kind of making good inroads into the squad, but this injury might uh, interrupt that. Uh, all right, we move down to the uh, last likely candidate, and that is... Uh, uh, Rafael Varane, and he started eight of their 15 games, uh, usually towards the first half uh, of the period we're covering now. Uh, he was on the bench for two and injured for two, and uh, not selected for three. Yeah, um, he's uh, 29 years old. He spent a decade with Real Madrid before moving to Manchester United in 2021, where he's had a few injury concerns. Um, but he has 87 caps for France since making his debut in 2013. Um, so yeah. that's, that's quite a lot. Yeah, quite a lot. He was a starter on the 2014 World Cup uh, squad. And he was selected in 2016, but he was injured. So seems to be a bit injury prone. Uh, but he was back for the 2018 World Cup and the Euro 2020, where he started and finished all the games as a central defender in both of those. So an important player for them, but uh, maybe kind of uh, drifting off the team a little bit. But as you say, um, uh, maybe struggling with injuries. Okay, uh, we move on to the possible players. So uh, Deo uh, Upamecano, excuse me. Uh, he had returned, uh, having been unavailable for more than half the games due to injuries. And he returned after a 12-month absence in October 2021 to start three, uh, including the last one of their remaining 12 games. And he was subbed in for one and on the bench for two, but not selected for uh, uh, six of those 12 games. Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag there. Um, he's kind of stepped up from Red Bull Salzburg to Red Bull Leipzig in Germany. And since 2021, he's been with Bayern Munich. Um, so again, good pedigree. Um, six caps was named since uh, 2020. Right, and uh, the 24-year-old hasn't participated in a tournament uh, so far, so he'll be hoping to uh, make this World Cup his first. And uh, we'll move on to uh, Benoit uh, Badiashile. So he actually got his first cap just recently in September 2022, uh, but he did start both of those games. Yeah, interesting. So that's the last two Nations League games. Um, so that's why we have him in our uh, in our possible candidate. Um, yeah, he plays for Monaco in the French League. Twenty one years old, and like you said, just those uh, those two caps. Right. So uh, again, he may be coming in to replace injured players there. So uh, very hard to say. Uh, with France having so many injuries. The last possible candidate we have is Ibrahima Konate. So uh, he got his first appearance recently as well. That was in June uh, 2022. And he started two of their remaining five games and was on the bench for one. However, he was out with a knee injury for the recent two games in September. Yeah, he was also at uh, Red Bull Leipzig in uh, Germany, but is, has been with Liverpool um, since the summer. But um, yeah, it doesn't 
hasn't, I guess his uh, first team opportunities have been a bit restricted, and now the injury for the last two matches doesn't help his cause, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So again, maybe a player who was kind of brought in to cover injuries. We'll really have to see how that turns out. However, uh, a player who seems to be on the way out is Kurt Zuma. Uh, he started three of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was on the bench for three, but not selected for 10 others, including the last eight. Yeah, he's actually getting regular playing time now with West Ham United, which hasn't always been the case uh, in his career. Um, he had 11 caps uh, from 2015 to 2021, um, but like you said, hasn't been involved as much recently. So um, that's why we have it as uh, possible, but unlikely, like you said, seems to be on his way out. Yeah, and um, did he ever kind of uh, uh, nail down a starting position in his seven years with Chelsea? Not really, um, which is why it was good for him. I know he had a couple of loan moves. We, he had some starting positions at some of his loan clubs but never really broke into that uh, Chelsea team. Yeah, well, never really broke into France either. He was around uh, since the 2014 World Cup, actually. He was on a, a seven-man standby squad for that, and a knee injury kept him out of Euro 2016. But um, the World Cup 2018 squad, just Plum wasn't chosen. Or actually, no, he was on an 11-man standby squad for that one too. So really always on the edge. He finally got his first tournament for the Euro 2020. Uh, uh, but he was on the bench for the whole time. So uh, I'm not even on the bench for, for game two there. So uh, talk about a guy on the edge of the team. Mm -hmm. And now he seems to be kind of drifting off the team. So whether he'll ever get his chance is... Uh, is uh, open to question. Uh, and we have a couple of uh, players who seem to be off the squad, maybe uh, an outside chance of them uh, getting back in, because most of these who we have in this category have appeared for the team since at least 2020. And we start with Clement uh, Longley, and he didn't start any of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was subbed in for two and on the bench for three. However, he wasn't selected for 10, including the last eight matches. Yeah, he did appear in one game um, in Euro 2021. Um, but like I said, not involved since then. His current, his current club is Barcelona, but he um, moved to Tottenham this summer on loan. So that's where he's playing currently. Yeah, he was with Sevilla before that. Wow, you're a pretty rich team when you can uh, kind of leave guys with that pedigree uh, off the team, eh? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, similarly, uh, Samuel Umtiti has been left off the team. Um, even though he scored one of their goals in the first half of qualifying, he last appeared for the national team on the bench in September 2019. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, tell us a little bit about him. He kind of came in quickly and went out quickly. Yeah, um, he's been with Barcelona as well since 2016, but like Longley, um, has been loaned out this season. He's been loaned to Lecce uh, in Italy. Um, prior, prior to that, he was with Lyon in France. So again, um, good pedigree, but um, yeah, no appearances since 2019. Uh, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but Lecce is uh, not one of the bigger teams in Italy. No, it's not. Um, yeah, they're a team that has even bounced up and down between uh, Serie A and Serie B. So. Right. 
Okay, well, as I said, Mtiti kind of came in quickly in 2016. Uh, he was part of the Euro 2016 squad. He didn't appear in uh, games uh, one to four, but then got starting position for the last three games. So, um, uh, you know, looked like he was kind of uh, uh, really on the squad, especially in 2018, where he finished all seven games except the uh, B team game, uh, the B team game, which was game three. Uh, but then as suddenly he kind of left the squad and no no sign of him since September 2019. Yeah. All right. Well, that is probably as many players as we ever had in one category. Uh, and I'll talk a bit about the uh, uh, situation in central defense, even though it's a bit complex. But it wasn't at the beginning. Uh, Kimpembe and Bahrain uh, played as a pairing in the cup. And Lengley uh, joined in for one game there when they had a three-man back line in the last game. And then it was still Kimpembe and Varane uh, in the first game of World Cup qualifying uh, with uh, Zuma joining in. But suddenly in game four, they, they put out a whole new back line, uh, three-man back line with Kunde, Upamenko and Lucas Hernandez. And it just got more and more mixed after that. Uh, Zuma came in for Hernandez. Um, Rafael Varane had kind of been off the team in World Cup qualifying, but he returned for the Nations League final games as the centre of the three-man uh, central defence. And Kunde uh, was there twice, and Hernandez and Kimpembe uh, showed up. And then in the Nations League, again, this may partly be due to injury, but in game two of the Nations League, Saliba was introduced and it was really mixed until the end, uh, even as for up until September with Badia Chile introduced for the last two games alongside four different selections over those two games. So very undecided in central defense. What do you make of it, Connor? Very hard to wrap your head around it. Um, yeah, I'm sure injuries have their part, but it's just been uh, a revolving door of players even changing in, in systems. Um, so, I mean, France have a lot of players they can call on, but, you know, they'll want to be more settled than they are going into the World Cup. Yeah, as you say, like injuries uh, kind of explain some of it. But to me, it's a bit worrying for them to be uh, mixing and matching uh, so close because a lot of teams don't uh, have more than a couple of friendlies scheduled uh, between now and their first World Cup game. All right, well, moving on to left-backs, we blessedly have just uh, uh, three candidates here. Do you want to take us through them, Connor? Sure. Um, so first we have uh, Luca Dean in our uh, definite category. Um, in our likely category, we have Theo Hernandez. Um, and in possible category, we have Ferlan Mendy. Right, and just a couple of notes there. We have uh, an injury risk both with Luca Dean and with Theo Hernandez, not to be mixed up with uh, Lucas Hernandez, who's also played as left back. And um, so we'll have to see how things work out here. But let's start talking about uh, Lucas Dean. He started six of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but was on the bench for six others. Uh, however, he was out with an ankle injury for the last two games. So a definite candidate there, but an injury risk. Yeah, um, 
has 46 caps since 2014, but has kind of been in and out of the squad um, kind of during that time. Um, he currently plays for Aston Villa in England, um, moving over from Everton. He spent several seasons there um, before he was with uh, Barcelona and PSG, actually, in his younger days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good pedigree, as with many of the French players here. Uh, he first appeared tournament-wise in the uh, World Cup 2014, only uh, in the B-team game there. And in 2016, he was on the roster but didn't see any action. Um, in 2018, for the World Cup, he wasn't selected. And if you recall, in 2020, Connor, he... Uh, he started uh, game two and then subbed into game three at halftime, uh, but then got injured just six minutes in, a bit of a mysterious injury there. Yeah, very strange and unfortunate, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think he was uh, um, like clipped by another player or something. Do you uh, remember much about that? You know, I don't remember it offhand. I remember the incident of him being just on very shortly, but no, I don't remember the exact. Uh, yeah, I may be wrong, but I don't think he was uh, like uh, caught by another player. I think he just maybe stepped funnily or something. Uh, anyway, so uh, between injuries, uh, uh, between injuries and non-selection, he's always kind of been on the edge. But he looked like he was a candidate uh, for this cup until another injury, an ankle injury, puts him at risk. And we'll update those injuries. Uh, at the end of the podcast. But uh, similarly, Theo Hernandez uh, uh, is an injury risk. He got his first appearance on the bench in September 2021, and he started seven of their remaining 15 games uh, on the bench for six and again injured for the last two matches. Yeah, he's 25 years old. Um, He did spend some time with Real Madrid, which included some loan spells, but he's been with AC Milan in Italy since 2019. Right, and so uh, doesn't have any tournament experience, so uh, this will be his first if he is selected, and that depends on his fitness. Uh, Meanwhile, again, I think Ferland Mendy has probably been called up because of the injury that those two players, he returned after an 18-month absence, where he himself was injured for most of that time, Uh, but he returned in September 2022, so just recently, and started both of those games. Yeah, and he's currently with uh, Real Madrid. Um, he's 27 years old and just has eight France caps to his names. Um, so not that many uh, given his age, but he is playing obviously with a very good club. Yeah, um, yeah. so he did have uh, uh, six caps before these two games in September, so it's not a stranger to the French team. However, uh, he is a stranger to tournaments with France because... Um, uh, he hasn't been involved. Uh, 2020 was really the only one uh, he would have been eligible for, but he wasn't selected. However, uh, you know, uh, fortune may turn its generous face to him here uh, if these two players remain injured. So let's uh, just uh, summarize the left-back situation. Uh, in the cup, it was uh, uh, Theo Hernandez twice and Digne once. Um but uh, the position wasn't used for the last game. And in fact, if you look at the formations, uh, a lot of times there isn't a left back, but rather a left winger. And the uh, left back often pushes up to play the left winger role, especially on the left. So it was Digne twice in the uh, World Cup qualifications uh, as a winger one of those times. And uh, Theo Hernandez twice uh, as a winger. In World Cup qualification, um, 
uh, sorry, I think I'm talking about Nations League uh, there. Uh, Digne uh, twice, uh, basically Digne and uh, Hernandez have shared the position until September 2022 when they were both injured and Mendy came in. Uh, he came in as a left winger. All right. Uh, how about in September? Uh, oh, okay. I guess I just I just gave it away there. Yeah. Uh, Berlin Mendy was uh, was there because of the injuries to the other two. Right. Okay. Sorry. I, I kind of stole your lines there. All right. Well, let's move on to the right side. And uh, do you want to take us through the candidates there? Yeah. Um, so we don't have anyone in the definite category, um, but we do have an unlikely uh, Benjamin Pavard. Um, and Jonathan, Jonathan Klaus. Um, in uh, possible but unlikely, we have Leo Dubois. And then in uh, seems to be off the team, we have uh, Nordi Mukieli. All right, well, let's take a look at those. Maybe fans will be surprised that we have Pavard uh, just as a likely candidate. But in fact, he started only five of the 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for three and on the bench for three. He was injured for two, uh, but not uh, called up for three games. Yeah, um, he spent uh, a lot of his recent career in Germany, first with Stuttgart and currently with Bayern Munich. Um, he has 45 caps to his name, um, two goals, including one that I think was the goal of the tournament in the 2018 World Cup, uh -huh. um, where he uh, started and finished all seven games. Uh, except for a B-team game in Game 3. Yeah, he was also a starter in the uh, 20, uh, 20 Euro Cup. Uh, again, uh, all the games except for Game 3 uh, there also, but not uh, not playing so much since, uh, since that Euro Cup. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the next one is Jonathan, and it's not actually Jonathan Klaus who's replacing him. It's rather a uh, central defender... Uh, Kunde that, that's moving over to the left side. Uh, Jonathan Klaus himself got his first cap in March 2022, and he started two of their remaining eight games. Uh, but um, he subbed in for four and was on the bench for two others. So we have him as likely because ever since his first call-up, he's been uh, on the squad for, the, for all eight games. Yeah, a, a late bloomer as he's 30 years old and, and like you said, was only called up recently. Um, he currently plays for Marseille in France. Right, okay. And um, again, it's really Koundé challenging for the position more than uh, more than Jonathan Klaus, who's, who's a substitute. Uh, we move on to uh, Leo Dubois. And in fact, even though he's coded as a right defender, when he has appeared, it was usually as a defensive midfielder. I even think he played as an attacking midfielder once, but never as a right back. Uh, he started three of their 15 games uh, since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for three and on the bench for one. However, we have him as possible but unlikely because he was not called up for the last eight matches. Yeah, he uh, currently plays for Galatasaray in Turkey, having spent uh, his his uh, earlier part of his career with Lyon and Nantes in France. Um, has 13 caps all since 2019, but is also a little bit older at 28 years old. Right, and uh, Euro 2020 was his first tournament. Uh, he was on the roster, but didn't see uh, any action there. And the last candidate is uh, Nordi Mukieli. 
and uh, we have him as seemingly off the squad. He just kind of popped up uh, in September 2021 and earned his first and only cap there, but hasn't been uh, called up since. Yeah, he's um, 25 years old, so not a fresh youngster. Um, currently with PSG, having played uh, with Leipzig before that. Yeah, and again, I probably put him on the list here uh, largely because of that. Um, uh, largely because of that pedigree. Okay, so let's look back then at the uh, right back position and summarize what's been happening over there. So uh, Pavard uh, was in the cup, again, kind of alternating between being a right back and a right winger, depending on the formation. And uh, Kunde stepped in, uh, the central defender there, uh, to play right back once in the cup and in the first World Cup qualifying game. Uh, and then uh, Dubois came in. And actually, uh, right midfielder uh, Coman, Kingsley Coman, played the position once. So basically, after Pavard uh, uh, lost the position, it's been uh, a bunch of different players. Uh, Pavard actually did return for the Nations League finals there and played three of the Nations League games uh, in June. Uh, but uh, Conan, uh, sorry, Coman, uh, Kunde, and Klaus. Uh, all took positions there once. So it seems to be kind of Pavard losing the position, uh, other players being tried out in the position, and Pavard kind of getting it back. Uh, how about in September, just to clarify? Well, that's kind of consistent with what we saw in September. Um, Klaus had the position uh, in the first game, and then Pavard got it back in the second. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um Right, so let us move on uh, to the midfield then. Uh, defenders are finished. And uh, we begin with uh, defensive midfielders. We only have uh, two candidates here. Do you want to tell us who they are? Yeah, so uh, as a definite candidate, we have uh, Aurelien Shumani. Um, and then as a possible candidate, we have Bubakar Kamara. Right, and I should note that Bubakar Kamara is an injury risk also, so I'll put him in the injured category uh, as well. And uh, let's begin with Aurelian uh, Chuameni, and he got his first cap in September 2021, so basically right after the Euros there, and started nine of their remaining 15 games, uh, subbed in for five and on the bench for one more. Yeah, so involved quite a bit recently. Um, he's just 22 years old. Um, he's currently with uh, uh, Real Madrid, um, having moved there from Monaco this summer. Wow, the uh, the uh, club affiliations of these French players is really stunning. Uh, okay, so uh, Bubakar Kamara uh, got his first cap in June 2022 uh, and started two of the remaining five games. Uh, subbed in for one, however, out with a knee injury for the last two matches, the September games. Yeah, a bit of an injury risk. Those are his only caps, um, and he currently is with Aston Villa, uh, moving there this summer uh, from Marseille. Right. How old is he? Um... He's just 23 years old, so yeah, on the younger yeah, side. A lot of these new players are quite young. Okay, those are defensive midfielders, but we're going to group them together with central midfielders since there's often um, 
uh, not much, uh, but uh, not a lot of overlap between them. So uh, can you take us through the candidates in the central midfield position? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um, indefinite, we have uh, Adrian Rabio. Um, for likely, we have uh, Paul Pogba um, and Matteo Guendouzi. In uh, possible, we have Eduardo Camavinga. Um, Ingolo Conte, we'll talk about him. Uh, Jordan Veritu and Yusuf Fofana. And then in uh, seems to be off the team is Quarantine Tolisso. Uh, fans may remember him. All right. Well, we'll go through those players. Uh, kind of like central defense, we have a lot of candidates in the center and not so many on the outside. So um, let's start with Adrian Rabio. He started eight of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for two and on the bench uh, for one. But he was injured with a, a calf problem for the last two games. So yet another injury risk there, Connor. Yeah, he's another player with good pedigree. Um, he's uh, had a long career with uh, Paris Saint-Germain, but has been with Juventus in Italy since 2019. So some domestic titles under his belt. Uh, he has 29 caps since debuting in 2016. Right. Okay. Well, he was uh, offered a position on the World Cup 2018 squad, but he rejected the offer. And uh, however, he didn't in Euro 2020. So he was a starter there. And um, uh, yeah, that's uh, the story uh, with Adrian Rabio. Um I thought it would be longer, so I kind of was taken by surprise there. Okay, Paul Pogba is uh, well known to um, a lot of uh, even non-soccer fans. And Paul Pogba started six of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for one and uh, out with two separate injuries for four games, uh, including undergoing knee surgery in September. So... Uh, not available for those games, but he wasn't selected or wasn't called up for four games also. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, people people know the name and, and also probably know him for some kind of off-field stuff as well. Um, he was came through the ranks at Man United, then moved to Juventus where he was wildly successful. Then he went back to Man United and now is back at Juventus. Um he uh, does have 91 caps, though, for France in 2013 um, and 11 goals and uh, at times has been a, a huge player for them. Yeah, yeah, pretty hot and cold, actually. Uh, he was on the squad uh, ever since the 2014 World Cup. Uh, not always a starter on the squad. Um, uh, well, actually, for France, most of the time a starter. It's more with his club team that he, he wasn't yeah. uh, on the squad. But, yeah, all, all tournaments uh, since 2014 has basically been a starter except for the odd game here and there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he has also a, a bit of an injury risk there with uh, the knee surgery. So we'll have to put him in that category too. And uh, move on to Matteo Guendouzi. So he first appeared on the bench um, uh, after a two-year absence in September 2021. And he started two of their remaining 14 games. But he was subbed in for four and on the bench for eight others. So 
not always uh, on the field, but we have him as likely since he's he's uh, very regularly called up. Yeah, he's young. He's a young player, 23 years old. He broke through at Arsenal, but then moved to Marseille first on loan and then permanently, um, and has done well for them uh, since. Yeah, only six caps, but as I say, called up uh, more often than that. He's never been involved in a tournament. Uh, we move on to the to the possible candidates, starting with uh, Eduardo Camavinga, and he also returned after an absence, uh, two years in his case, uh, returning just recently in September 2022 to start the last of their two remaining games uh, and on the bench for the other one. Yeah, he's a very exciting player, Kamavinga. Um, he's uh, 19 years old currently um, and plays for Real Madrid, and he's actually established himself in that team already. Um, so he's, he's one for the future, but also uh, you know possibly for the present. Um, three caps to his name uh, so far, but many more to come. Yeah, I mean, especially if injuries uh, uh, open up uh, a position for him. Uh, I think he was... Uh, an outside consideration for the Euro 2020, but didn't uh, uh, didn't make the squad there, but has a much better chance this time uh, compared to 2020. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people will be surprised to see N'Golo Conte uh, just as a possible candidate here, but that's where we have him because he only started three of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was on the bench for two others. But he was out with two uh, two separate injuries as well as a bout of coronavirus uh, for six games, and he wasn't selected for four others, including the last two. Yeah, uh, widely regarded as one of the uh, the best in the world in the, the central uh, midfield or central defensive midfield position. Um, but he has had his injuries, um, injury concerns and, and illness concerns, like you mentioned. So he's been the Hasn't even been in the Chelsea squad um, all that consistently as of late. Uh, he's been with Chelsea um, after moving um, uh, there from Leicester, where he helped them win the title in that uh, amazing season for them. And he has uh, 53 caps. Uh, he is 30 years old now, um, but you'd think if he was healthy that he would uh, would be there. But um, yeah, the, the last 15 games kind of tell a story of him not mostly not being in the squad. Yeah, yeah, it really kind of comes down to uh, health and possibly even fitness uh, if, if he comes back, uh, whether whether his fitness level would be up to make the cup. But of course, uh, as Connor says, uh, a real, uh, really important central midfielder who was a starter for them since 2016. And he was healthy for all the tournaments, so uh, has played a lot in those tournaments, but uh, maybe a bit... Uh, at risk here of not making the squad. Yeah. Okay, Jordan Veritude is uh, uh, another possible candidate. He got his first cap in September 2021 and uh, started only one of their remaining 15 games, but he was subbed in for four and on the bench for four, uh, including the last two matches. Yeah, he's um, currently with Marseille in France. He moved there. Uh, from Roma, where he actually had two spells uh, with the spell in, with Fiorentina in between, um, and he's uh, 29 years old. Um, yeah, just a handful of caps to his name so far, um, and uh, yeah, kind of filling in, I think, with some of the injuries that France has had in this position. 
Yeah, 28 years old, so a bit late joining the squad there. Uh, not so for Yusuf Fofana, who is uh, much younger. He got his first cap in September 22, so maybe, as Connor said, filling in for uh, injured players. Uh, he started one of their uh, their remaining two games there and subbed in for the other one. Yeah, and he's uh, currently with Monaco. Um, on the other end of the age spectrum, as you mentioned, just 23 years old. Right. Okay, and uh, Quarantine Toliso is uh, the player we have in the seems-to-be-off-the-squad category. Uh, he hasn't appeared for the squad since the 2021 Euro Cup. Yeah, he appeared for them in that tournament, um, but not since. Um, he was with Bayern Munich for several years, um, is now with Lyon, having moved there this summer. So, again, really good club affiliations, but... Um, yeah, no match action since the Euros. Yeah, I mean, he was a starter for the 2018 World Cup, but he actually lost his starting position uh, in that cup. Um, uh, started So started game one and was called back to start game five. But um, um, yeah, never seems to have really done it for France. In Euro 2020, he was just a sub, uh, a, a sub there and now not being called up at all. All right. Well, again, that's a large number of names, and um, that may be because uh, players have been injured, but I'll just describe the situation in the central midfield. So this could be um, uh, one central midfielder in the center, or it could be a pairing. It's a pairing about two-thirds of the time. Uh, in the cup, it was Kante as the central midfielder, and uh, Pogba um, came in when it was uh, two two central midfielders, and actually one time it was even three central midfielders, Griezmann coming in there, but he usually plays further upfield. Um, Rabio and uh, Chu, uh, Chuameni made inroads in World Cup qualification, both of them playing at least three of those games. And uh, Pogba and Kante kind of uh, had fewer games. However, it was Pogba twice in the Nations League final, paired with Rabio and then Chuameni. Uh, Conte did return uh, in the Nations League games, but it was really a mix and match there uh, with Guendouzi and Camara making appearances, each of them getting two games, and Fofana and Kamavinga uh, each getting one. So as with central defence, uh, very uncertain at the end with almost all candidates used, but none of them enough for us to guess at who's really a starter. Uh, do you want to just summarize what, what it looked like in the last couple of games in September? Yeah, it's been uh, been more of the same with the mixing and matching. Uh, too many started both their September Nations League games, um, once alongside Fofana and once alongside um, Kamavinga, so two players in our in our uh, possible um, in our possible categories. Um, you got to think that if uh, Conte and Pogba are fit to play, that they would come back into the position, do you think? I, I would think so. Um, but yeah, they both have fitness fitness concerns, and of course, both neither of them played. So at least France are testing out players, but um, yeah. yeah, whether they'll have their, you would think they're kind of preferred to available, remains to be seen. Um, and yeah, after that, it's kind of anyone's guess. Yeah. All right, well, because we have so many characters in central midfield, we have fewer on the outside. Uh, four left midfielders. Uh, we have 
just uh, Usman Dembele, and he's only at the portable level. And we have Thomas uh, Lemar, who seems to be off the squad. So Usman Dembele uh, returned after a 15-month absence. Uh, a lot of those uh, 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 injured during a lot of that time. But he returned in uh, September 2022. He didn't start either of their remaining games there, but he was subbed in for one and on the bench for one. Yeah, he's kind of had um, a bit of an inconsistent career with Barcelona, who he's been with for the past five years. Um, he does have 28 caps and four goals for France, and he's still young, just 25 years old. Um, but yeah, un uncertain whether we'll see him in this tournament. Um, and again, club form partly to, to blame. Yeah, and uh, yeah, never really kind of uh, inserted himself into France deeply. Uh, he was a starter in the 2018 World Cup, uh, but he was subbed out 70 minutes in and lost his starting position, um, uh, appearing again only as a starter in Game 3 and as a substitute in a couple of other games. And in uh, Euro 2020, he subbed into Games 1 and 2, um, but uh, got injured during that tournament. I think it was in game two, uh, so uh, off the squad there. So hasn't really shown up for them in tournaments. Yeah, kind um, of despite a big name and a big club, kind of on the fringes, you would have to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess France can kind of afford that. Uh, but uh, wow, it's amazing. Uh, Barcelona players just on the fringes there. Uh, Thomas Lamar last appeared for the national team in September 2021, so just after the Euro Cup. Yeah, he's an Atletico Madrid player. He's been there um, since 2018. Um, he's 27 years old and has 27 caps, um, all coming in between 2016 and 2021. Yeah, he was on the squad for 2018 and for the 2020 Euro, but he only got one game. Uh, in both cases. Uh, so again, kind of on the fringes there. And uh, when I, uh, well, we'll summarize by just kind of describing the position. Uh, and it's actually central midfielders who move over uh, to play this role. Uh, usually Rabio, when it's a three-man midfield, um, he was usually the right central midfielder in the two or four-man formation in the first half. Um, but we saw the variety that came in there uh, in that central midfield position uh, over the second half of the uh, of the uh, period that we're looking at. So um, a bit difficult to say. And uh, kind of similar on the right side, uh, midfielders, although Kingsley Coleman has gotten uh, more time than any of the uh, left midfielders. So we have Kingsley Coleman as a likely candidate, uh, not always playing as a, a right midfielder, but usually as a right winger or in the forward line. In fact, he's the only candidate here. Uh, he started five of their 15 games since the Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for four and on the bench for two. However, uh, he is um, uh, also injured. He was injured for five matches, including the last two. So, wow, another player on the injury list, Connor. Oh, uh, Connor, maybe your microphone is off there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the uh, the injury list is getting long, is what yeah. I was saying. But um, 
Yeah, he's uh, 26 years old and currently plays with Bayern Munich uh, in Germany. Yeah, and with uh, Juventus before that, so a very good uh, resume uh, there too. And he was uh, first called up for the 2016 Euro Cup tournament. And um, he got a lot of playing time there, but he wasn't uh, exactly a starter. Uh, however, he wasn't uh, part of the... Uh, 2018 World Cup squad and in 2020 he was just subbed into games three and four um, but um, again didn't make uh, inroads there yeah just uh, 20 years old at that Euro 2016 so pretty impressive yeah yeah but uh, a player who probably should be seeing more tournament time than he has we'll see how it works out this tournament and whether his injury gets in the way uh, but again, uh, in summarizing the position here, uh, it's mostly uh, central midfielders who play in this role. So um, uh, I think it's Pogba who has played um, most of the time when it's a two or three man midfield. And uh, however, Coleman uh, does come back and play this role once in a while. Uh, in recent times, though, Chuameni has been uh, either the right midfielder or uh, the right side of a two-man central midfield. Uh, but we've also seen some variety uh, in this position too, though not as much as in the left midfield role. Okay, well, we'll move on to actual left wingers. And uh, we don't have a lot of candidates here because, uh, as I've said, it's usually the... Uh, the left back on the left and on the right back who push up to play in this position. And we have seen uh, Kingsley Coleman sometimes come back on the right side. So the actual players coded as left wingers uh, are few and far between and not very likely to make the squad. So we have uh, Musa Diaby uh, as a... Uh, oh, sorry, why don't you introduce them, Connor? Sure, just two, but uh, Musa Diaby is... Um is possible and then seems to be off the squad we have uh marcus turan right <laughs> sorry uh, uh okay uh musa diaby when he does make it onto the field he's usually more of a left attacking midfielder and since his first cap in september 2021 he has started three of their remaining 15 games but he has subbed in for five and been on the bench for five so i almost wonder if we should move him up to likely uh, even though he's more of a more of a substitute than than a starter, yeah, um, possibly could do that. Um, eight caps since 2021 isn't a bad return. Um, he currently plays with uh, uh, Bayer Leverkusen in Germany and is just uh, 23 years old. Right, and uh, Marcus Thuram. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to Connor telling us a bit about him. Uh, he has appeared for the national team. Um, Sorry, I, he has not appeared for the national team since the Euro Cup, uh, which he was selected for, but he was a bench player just appearing in one game there. Yeah, um, he's kind of well-traveled um, and kind of with some smaller clubs, actually. So Show in France and Guingamp and then uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, who aren't, you know, a small club, but not, um, you know, as big as some, a lot of the clubs, uh, club affiliation we've seen so far. Yeah, he's actually son of uh, Lillian Thurman, uh, Thuram. Do you remember him? Yeah, he was one of the, the greats for France. Um, I think even part of the 98 World Cup squad. 
Yeah. Uh, so I think they had high hopes for his son here. Uh, so it's a bit, maybe a bit disappointing uh, how it turned out. It looked around 2020 like he was uh, kind of getting onto the squad. Uh, and he had made that move to Borussia Mönchengladbach, but seems to uh, uh, not have lived up to the hopes there. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll summarize this position. And again, uh, uh, keeping it short, uh, on the left side, it was always a left back pushing up to play this role. So either Lucas Digne or uh, Theo Hernandez. Um, but uh, none of these... Uh, oh, so... Um, Actually, I'm thinking uh, Moussa Diaby was uh, on the right side rather than the left side. So even though he's coded as a left uh, winger, I think he's actually just played as a right attacking midfielder. Uh, and on the left side, it always has been um, a left back. Uh, on the right winger, I might as well do that now because we don't have any players coded as a right winger. And as I've said, uh, Kingsley Coleman, the right midfielder, sometimes plays that right wing position. Um, um, otherwise, it's a, a, a right back pushing up. Uh, Benjamin Pavard, usually, or possibly uh, uh, Koundé. And when it's a left or right attacking midfield position, um, uh, usually Griezmann or Moussa uh, um, Diaby has done it a couple of times, I'm pretty sure, on the right. Maybe you can clarify a bit with the September games there. Yeah, I mean, the, the positions of um, you kind of right midfield and right winger were mostly filled um, by, by defenders, Pavard, uh, Mendy, and Klaus. So kind of using that, Kind of the system we've seen a lot the three four one two system um in that four there's kind of two central midfielders and then two wingers but they're they're really fullback positions or attacking fullbacks right oh, okay so they haven't used an attacking midfielder uh recently because yeah my the recent game strike me as kind of one attacking midfielders and two forwards was that the case in september oh sorry yes um that that was the case. I mean, it's it's kind of a front three. It's kind of a two forwards with one player just behind. Is kind of an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Um, so it's it's probably a bit fluid and flexible, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll pin that down a little bit once we look at forwards, because as you say, it, it really is kind of attacking midfielders, uh, even when it is a three forward line. So uh, we're going to move on to forwards that. Um, includes attacking midfielders and secondary strikers and we actually don't have a lot of candidates uh, coded uh, in those positions so i'll just summarize the uh, position uh, for left and right attacking midfielder it's usually a forward uh, who plays in the role we saw actually uh, musa diaby uh, playing as a right attacking midfielder a couple of times uh, on the left it's usually uh, killian mbappe but uh, Coleman, actually a right midfielder, has had two uh, two turns as a left attacking midfielder or a left forward. And Rabio and Benzema each played that position once. On the right side, uh, it was Griezmann in the cup and Taliso playing, but just once. And that continued into World Cup qualifying. 
But uh, increasingly, Griezmann played as a central attacking midfielder with a formation of basically that attacking midfielder and two forwards. So no real outside attacking midfielders uh, in that formation. However, uh, Nkuku, uh, the secondary striker who we'll introduce right away, uh, sometimes took the role as the central attacking midfielder while Griezmann played as the right forward. So let's uh, take a look at Nkuku as one of the secondary strikers. And we have him as a likely candidate. Uh, he got his first cap in March 2022 and started three of their remaining eight games, uh, but was subbed in for the five others. Yeah, he's uh, a young striker, kind of sought after, but he's currently with RB Leipzig in uh, Germany. Um, since 2019, it was with uh, Paris Saint-Germain before that. Yeah, so his first cap in 2022, so he hasn't been a part of any uh, squads. But for the most part, we're covering those uh, outside forwards or attacking midfielders by talking about the forwards. So we have kind of a long list here. Do you want to take us through it, Connor? Yeah, it is a long and impressive list. Um, in uh, definite, we have Karim Benzema, uh, Antoine Griezmann, uh, and Kylian Mbappe. Uh, in the likely category, we have uh, Olivier Giroud. In possible, we have Wissam Ben Yedder and Randall Kolomuani. Um, in possible but unlikely, we have Anthony Martial. And then in seems to be off the squad, we have Jonathan Ikone. Okay. Uh, and among those, uh, Anthony Martial is also an injury doubt. Uh, but fortunately, their, uh, their front line has been fairly healthy. Oh, I spoke too soon because Kareem and uh, Benzema uh, also uh, an injury question there. But I don't think uh, it'll leave him out of the cup. We'll talk about that. So let's start with uh, Kareem Benzema. And he started eight of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for two and on the bench with one and out with uh, two separate injuries, uh, including missing the last two matches due to injury. Yeah, he's um, with Real Madrid, where he's been since 2009, um, incredibly. Um, he's now 34 years old, um, or 35, I should say. Um, has 97 caps for France, 37 goals, um, incredible records. And despite his age, he's just coming off one of his best seasons ever with Real Madrid. Um, so there's really no signs of him slowing him down. He's been at the top of his game for, for quite some time. Yeah, but he's been a bit in and out with France. Um, in 2008, he was part of the Euro Cup uh, squad and he was a starter there. However, in 2010, he was coming off... Um, uh, a poor season with Real Madrid and wasn't selected. And I think there was some kind of a scandal uh, in April 2020 that, that uh, played into that. But uh, by 2012 Euro Cup, he was back as a starter as well as for the for 2014 uh, World Cup. And then he was involved in um, uh, some kind of a blackmailing scandal. So he was off the team for Euro 2016 and the 2018 World Cup, but uh, roared back in 2020. Uh, what do you make of all of that? 
Yeah, um, I mean, in and out for France, um, and has also been, um, yeah, part of that 2014 World Cup, which was, um, or sorry, um, not selected for the 2010 World Cup, um, which I guess was just as well, but he'd been, a, um, yeah, involved in a couple scandals, like you said, that has kind of um, seen him in and out of the team, some discipline things too, some disagreement with coaches. Um, it, it seems that now he's got some of that behind us and is playing well for both club and country. But um, yeah, a bit a, a bit of a checkered past to say. The yeah, least. yeah. I mean, he has had a couple of good tournaments. I'd say 2014 World Cup, he got three out of their ten goals, and uh, 2020 World Cup was the third highest score in that tournament. So, um, you know, uh, a couple of good tournaments, but as you say, a bit of a checkered past, and now. Uh, a bit of an injury concern, but we'll get to that uh, later. Let's move on to Antoine Griezmann, who uh, started 13 of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for the two others, so little doubt about him. Yeah, 109 caps for France and 42 goals is, is extremely impressive. Yeah. Um, he spent pretty much his whole career in Spain, um, who was with Atletico Madrid and went to Barcelona, is now... Um, back at Atletico Madrid, um, just on loan though. Um, and yeah, 30 years old, but has been a pretty consistent performer for them um, and has been a regular starter in the last uh, couple tournaments for them. Yeah, no patches in his career since the 2014 World Cup. He's been a starter uh, um, in all the tournaments and we could go into details about uh, the many the many good things he's done, but we'll keep it short here. Uh, seems to be um, relied on as much now as he has been over the last eight years. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, also a definite candidate, started 10 of their 15 games since the Euro Cup, uh, subbed in for two and on the bench for two, and uh, a brief injury there, but he's uh, been pretty consistent. Yeah, um, young player, 23 years old, who really kind of... Um, broke out, I guess, at the world at the 2018 World Cup where he played a real starring role for them. Um, he started as Monaco, but has been with Paris Saint-Germain since 2018. Uh, 28 goals already and just 58 caps for France. Very impressive. Yeah, he seems to be maturing too. I remember in 2018, uh, he was a bit of a showboater, but I don't get that vibe from him anymore. Do you? No, not as much. I think he is maturing. I think a lot of young stars you can kind of point to that when they were in their teenage years yeah. um, but um yeah he, he's playing consistently well for psg um and i'm you know i'm sure a certain starter for the france team as well yeah uh, he may have something to prove here actually because he didn't score any goals in the uh euro 2020 so i'm sure he'll be looking to rectify that here uh, anyway those are three of their steadiest uh, players especially mbappe and uh and Griezmann there, um, and an old soldier uh, somewhat in Olivier Giroud. I wonder if he gets offended with that kind of uh, representation, though. Uh, he started four of their games, Connor, including the last two uh, of the 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was out with coronavirus uh, and not selected for nine others. So he, uh, he whether... Uh, it's fair or not, kind of is seen as a bit of an old soldier. Yeah, definitely a veteran. I don't think it'll be bothered 
two bothersome for him. He's also kind of been underappreciated in his career, but that hasn't stopped him from, uh, yeah, 113 France appearances, 49 goals, World Cup under his belt. Um, so, yeah, probably a slightly diminished role for him now, especially with the talent that France has up front. But he's still going strong, um, playing with AC Milan, where they won, helped them win their first title in a long time last season. And, of course, has been with uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, and won um, a surprise title with Montpellier in France um, about a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, it's more at the club level where he seems uh, uh, to come in at the end as a substitute. But for France, uh, he's been relied on uh, a bit more as a starter. So in the, um, uh, of course, in the earlier years with the 2014 World Cup uh, uh, onwards, he's basically been a starter. Um, in the 2018 World Cup, he was subbed into game one and then gained a starting position. Uh, but in 2020, he was, uh, he was truly a substitute. But then I believe the last two September games, he's been a starter. Is that right? Um. I'm just checking now, and uh, yes, that is correct. He did uh, he did start both of them, um, and yeah, he seems to uh, be really appreciated by uh, his Didier Deschamps, the French national manager, who relied yeah. on him a lot. I mean, for years he seemed like a, a substitute. It's a, it's a surprise to see him starting, but he just seems to go on forever. Uh, quite a likable character too. Uh, Wissam Ben Yedder uh, started one of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and he subbed in for four and was on the bench for six. So uh, not selected for four matches, including the last two. Uh, but we have him as a, a possible candidate. But given how much he's called up, uh, maybe a likely candidate more as a substitute. But those last two games are a bit of a concern. Yeah, definitely more a substitute role. Um, he has just 19 caps since debuting in 2018. Um, he played with Sevilla for a lot of years and Toulouse before that, but has been with Monaco uh, in the French League. Since yeah, but the national squad, he's kind of been on the fringes uh, as a substitute, as you say. He was not selected for the 2018 World Cup, but he was on that 11-man standby squad. And for the Euro 2020, he was uh, uh, just on the bench. So uh, most of his caps, or all of his caps, pretty much have come in uh, kind of qualifying games or substitute appearance appearances. Uh, Randall Colo Muami is our third, uh, or sorry, our second possible candidate. Uh, he got his first cap in September 2022, so just recently. He didn't start either of those games, but he was subbed in for both. Yeah, he moved to uh, defending Europa League champions Eintracht Frankfurt uh, this year, moving from Nantes, um, and is 24 years old, so we may see more of him in future years. Right, okay. Um, we have a possible but unlikely candidate in Anthony Martial. So he started just two of their 15 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for one and on the bench for two. Uh, but he wasn't selected for eight matches, and then for the last two, he was uh, listed as injured. Yeah, he struggled for, for four-man playing time with Manchester United recently. He has moved to uh, Sevilla on loan for the start of this season. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems more on the fringes. He has 30 caps uh, since 2015, but just two goals to his name. Yeah, just two goals for a forward. So never really has brought it for France. And in fact, he's only been... Uh, 
nominated to one tournament. That was the Euro 2016, uh, where he appeared as a substitute twice. But um, one of those players just on the standby squad for the 2018 World Cup and was barely even a consideration uh, uh, by Euro 2020 based on form, but uh, also he had been recovering from injury uh, too. So very much on the fringes of the squad despite his 30 caps. Uh, finally, we have Jonathan Ikone, and uh, he last appeared for the team in September 2020, so uh, very much an outsider there. You can tell us a little about him. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, he was with uh, Lille in France, um, part of their title-winning squad um, recently, but has moved to Fiorentina um, for the start of this season. Great. Okay, so that is it for forwards. And uh, we'll just kind of go through the position. Fortunately, it's a bit more stable than, uh, say, the central defense or central midfielders. In fact, uh, it's pretty much always uh, Mbappe, uh, on the left, uh, Griezmann on the right, or as an attacking midfielder, and uh, Benzema uh, sometimes as a lone forward or uh, in some combination of two or three forwards. Uh, Benzema tends to be the centre forward there. And um, uh, generally, it was two forwards during World Cup qualification. Uh, Benzema uh, uh, alongside Martial, he saw a couple of games, uh, Diaby and Coleman each... Uh, uh, played uh, as a forward, and um, but generally uh, Mbappe uh, on the left and Griezmann on the right. So that combination of, of the three of them in whichever formation it was continued into the Nations League finals for twenty, I think twenty twenty and twenty one, and the Nations League finals for twenty twenty two twenty three. So there was some experimentation there recently in the Nations League games. Uh, but not as much as CD, as uh, central defence and central midfielders. We saw that G, uh, Giroud got a couple of starts there. Uh, ben Yadder in in what seemed something of a B team game, a bit of a strange lineup for their game uh, in Croatia with a lot of uh, uh, B team players. They ended up tying the game, um, and uh, we'll talk about their performance in the Nations League. Anything to add there on forwards, Connor? Yeah, the uh, the Nations League games, even though they were um, moving players around in other positions, they did go with Giroud, Griezmann, and Mbappe for both games. Um, so very strong lineups. Um, and then we saw Usman Dembele, uh, Nkuku, and Kolo Moane, uh coming in as subs in those games. Ah, okay, those last uh, September games, you mean? Yes. Right, okay, well, that brings us to the end of the player-by-player uh, -player examination. And so we turn our attention to a discussion of the squad. And we'll start by kind of going back to our uh, um, uh, notes that emerged out of previous podcasts. And I don't think we need to say much about the first one. Uh, or oh, do you want to just kind of take us through the titles, Connor? Yeah, so no outstanding leader was one point. Yeah, that was a takeaway from their general history, but we won't uh, dwell on that here. Um Poor in uh, in the 2022-23 Nations League with their second point. Yeah, do you want to uh, talk about how they performed there? Yeah, I mean, we are aware of their September games. Um, they ended up surviving um, relegation, um, but just barely, and that was despite a loss to Denmark in their final game. 
Um, Croatia and Denmark had 13 and 12 points. France had just five points from their six games, a uh, point ahead of Austria, who had four. Um, so, yeah, not a very good performance from them in the Nations League. And, uh, yeah, lost that uh, that final game to Denmark with fate in their own hands, but um, ended up surviving nonetheless. Yeah, they lost both games to Denmark, which is interesting because they faced Denmark in the World Cup here. And, uh, you know, after going through the players, we see that, especially in those last six uh, Nations League games, there was so much mixing and matching, a lot of it brought on by injury, but that had to contribute to their poor performance, Connor. Yeah, for sure. Um, Injuries and uh, just inconsistency in in the lineup. It's hard to find partnership. It's hard to establish things. And again, that's... uh, you know, by this time with these kind of warm-up games for the World Cup, that's what you want to be doing, finding established partnerships. So a little bit disruptive, and and it almost cost them dearly with relegation, but uh, they did avoid it. Right. Uh, I think there was one more point from the uh, from the um, takeaways. Yeah, uh, they were characterized by periods of strength and weakness. Okay, well, we talked a bit about that at the beginning. I think the main point being that uh, there is a bit of a danger for them uh, uh, following a good performance, they won the World Cup in 2020. Um, but when they did so in 1998, it was followed by a poor performance in 2002. And uh, 2010 was a poor follow-up to a finals appearance in 2006. Do you see that happening here, Canada? Uh, a bit of overconfidence, perhaps? Uh, I don't think so. And hopefully France will have learned from their history. Um, Deschamps, I think, has been around the club long enough, um, been there as a player and, and um, you know, perhaps on the wrong end of things as well. So I think this France team, um, even though they were a little bit disappointed with their Euros performance, I, I do think that they will uh, be strong and will get out of the group. All right. Uh, a couple of other general points. Yeah. So one is, will France go with, with veterans or, or the shiny baubles that are their new players? Well, they have a lot of shiny baubles for uh, uh, for new players. And I don't really have an answer to this question. I suppose uh, a lot of it comes down to whether these injuries are brought into the cup or not. Yeah, and I think some of the veterans we mentioned, Benzema coming off a really good season, Giroud, you know, playing an important part with uh, AC Milan, um, you know, Varane now kind of getting back into the Man United lineup. They have some veterans who are still performing at a high level. Um, with France, you have so many players to choose from, and there's new players popping up all the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a question for Deschamps to manage. Veterans playing well, but lots of new players kind of always banging on the door. Yeah, well, some of those new players were definitely brought in uh, as uh, injury replacements, so it wouldn't shock me, uh, despite their incredible club affiliations, it wouldn't shock me to see them kind of... Um, discarded if the uh if the veterans return especially those that just popped up in september yeah and then our final point is is how will the many injuries be navigated uh, we will follow up with a, an injury report and when they're due back uh but it does seem certain that at least a, a couple of the defense uh, definite and likely candidates that we talked about in the player by player section uh will be out for the cup and uh, we'll come back to that uh, okay well let's take a look at club affiliations we've uh, kind of talked about it through the player 
by player podcast but um any uh, uh general comments other than wow connor yeah i mean it's got to be up there with the best in the world um and interesting i i think i'm probably a strength of france is they're not just all from one country they have top players in in england germany france italy uh spain um so they're well spread out and i think that that diversity probably helps them um, but yeah, kind of if there's a big club, they probably have a French player on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, it looks like a, a description of, say, the top eight of the Champions League club. I mean, there are a couple of uh, smaller clubs, if you want to call them that, like West Ham, uh, Aston Villa, Rons, maybe not the top tier teams, but uh, second tier teams. Um, but my, even those are few and far between amongst, you know, Real Madrid and Chelsea, Juventus and Bar uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah. To say nothing of uh, Paris Saint-Germain where, uh, you know, they play for the top, uh, the top clubs in France as well. So, um, again, my concluding summary there is wow. Okay, well, we've put together a, a couple of statistics uh, on the squad itself. So um, it's kind of interesting that um, to consider how many uh, players are kind of on the slate overall uh, and how many are kind of under serious consideration and how many we have in the definite and likely category uh, tells us something about the team. Um, and, Connor, we have... Um, uh, how many on the slate uh, overall? Yeah, 57 in terms of players that have been called <laughs> up uh, since 2020. Okay, well, that compares to an average of uh, 51. So, again, maybe because they brought in a lot of players to cover those injuries, it's a bit, it's a bit higher than uh, normal. But uh, they can only bring 26 to the cup, so that means... Um, Basically, 31 of the players we've talked about here will have to go. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we look at players under consideration kind of as the ones we had in the definite, likely, or possible category. How many of those are there? We, we have 36, so I, I'd also imagine that's probably a slightly higher than average number. Yeah, not as much as the total number of candidates, but um, uh, it is quite high, so... Again, not dead sure what that stat means, except perhaps a headache for the coach uh, who has to cut 10 of them. Yeah, 10 at least, you think? Yeah, I mean, it may be made a bit easier. I think, as we said, a couple of the definite unlikely ones may, may be cut because of injury. Um, but wow, they have so many players to choose from. It's got to be a, a tough task for them to reduce it to 26. Yeah. Uh, their average of definite and likely is, is actually kind of in range. So um, it's really just kind of the, the likely players or the players more on the outside. But that means, Connor, just room uh, beyond these definite and likely players for just four four of the possible players that we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, 22 in, in that category. Um, I mean, there may be some surprises, I, I suppose, but... I think when they're healthy, which is obviously the big question mark right now, um, you, you know, I think I think then it's they kind of know who their best players are. But there is a lot of experimentation, and we may get some surprises out of that. Yeah, I think so too, uh, and I think the injuries will uh, 
uh, we'll end up throwing up a couple of surprises too. Uh, we, we've been looking at the average age of squads and generally uh, teams are between 25 and 27 years old. Uh, 26.7 is on the higher end. Yeah, brought up by a few veterans, I would think. Yeah, I'm just looking at that now. And they have a couple. Uh, well, Steve Mandanda we had as uh, possible, but he seems to be kind of going off the team. He's 37. Uh, Loris is 35 and Giroud 35. Benzema 34. And in all, they have about eight players who are uh, older than 30. Uh, any comments on that? Uh, do you think that's a negative? Uh, I don't think in France's case, because a lot of those players that are over 30 are still playing at a high level for very big clubs. So in, in some cases, it might be a, a lack of renewal, but we know France has young players they can choose from. I, I just think they have, have veterans performing well. So I think um, I think that's good, and I think it's good to have some hangover from the last World Cup um, when they won it, because that experience will, will should prove helpful. Yeah, and as you say, they certainly have enough young players to replace them. They have uh, seven players uh, who are 23 alone, uh, or that may be eight, and then uh, five players who are younger than 23. So um, most of those tend to be in the, in the possible category, but they're certainly uh, promising players. Yeah. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, probably um, chief among them with 20, uh, he's just 23 years old. I guess hand in hand with that is the number of caps, uh, 32.5 on average, which is, um, again, slightly higher than uh, most teams. The average I have among teams is 27. So, uh, again, kind of going along with that better. And any comments on that? No, I, I think of a lot of the points we covered in the age. They do have some veterans with some higher age, but a lot of caps, and that, that could prove useful. Yeah. Uh, do you see France as a particularly high-scoring team? I do. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably one of the strengths. I mean, they're strong all over the field, but you know, we're talking about some of the attacking players who aren't starting or, or even on the fringe of the squad who would start for a lot of other countries. But, yeah, yeah. Um, a front four, I guess. They only have room for three of Giroud, Benzema, Griezmann, and Mbappe is, you know, that's goals wherever you look. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, among my stats here, they are actually uh, have the most goals. Uh, the average is 118, and they have 191. Wow. And uh, sorry, I haven't been filling in the um, uh, the graphic on the YouTube here, so I'll just do that. But that works out to 5.5 goals for player, whatever that. Um, uh, that stat is worth, but that too is way higher than most other teams. Um, it's Argentina who comes in next at 5.3, so um, teams well known for scoring. Uh, just to give you a couple of percentages here, uh, I'd say anything above 40 for, for a forward, 40% is a really good stat. And uh, just looking at their top players here, we have... Um, uh, Olivier Giroud um, with 43%. That is amazing over his long career. Uh, Antoine Griezmann and Karim Benzema both at 38% and uh, Kylian Mbappe at 47%. So just as you said, uh, whoever they choose among those forwards, they're uh, quite well known for scoring. Yeah, that's amazing goal ratios among yeah so many other players. Yeah. 
Uh, perhaps a bit of a concern, though, is uh, where they're getting goals among uh, uh, the other players because the uh, the highest stat I see, there's really no one above uh, 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 17%, uh, except for Kambinga, surprisingly, who has four goals in 19 games, so maybe not enough uh, games to really um, uh, consider it a, a valid stat. But... Uh, are you surprised by that, uh, Connor? Kind of a low percentage among those non-forwards? A little bit surprised, especially given some of the names. But um, I guess when you've got forward scoring at the ratio that they have, it's I guess it's a little bit less important to be, be getting goals from elsewhere. Yeah, well, certainly uh, you're right. There's no, uh, no concern with them not being able to score goals. Unlike Australia, who is in this group, uh, who, who uh, we're going to see... Uh, do have a bit of a concern there. But let's move on to uh, player issues to watch. Do you want to tell us maybe about uh, some of the issues in defence? Um, so I guess starting at the goalkeeper position, is is, Loris, is Loris's starting position under challenge, do you think? What do you think? I think probably not. Um, he, he's still playing well for Tottenham. He's renowned as one of the best in the world, and he's captain. So he hasn't been in the... Um, last couple games but i i think he's their starter and i don't think there's really any threat to that yeah in the player by player we pointed out that uh, uh he started only two of the six uh, recent nations league game but uh, there doesn't seem to be any uh kind of issue there um and so perhaps just giving those backup keepers a bit of field time um that's what i would guess yeah this is a, a next one's a real issue though what's that yeah, too many central defenders. Uh, yeah, that comes down to uh, the uh, the number of injuries they had. But it was really stable, actually, in the Cup and in the first part of uh, World Cup qualifying uh, with Kimbembe uh, Kim and Varane. Um, but then they started introducing all sorts of players. And uh, as I said uh, in the player-by-player, player, those two September games uh, featured... Uh, three-man back lines in both cases. The only player who played both games was a player uh, introduced in September. Um, sorry, I'm just um, looking for the name here. It yeah, was, that was uh, Daddy Ashley, I think. Yeah, right. So he was introduced uh, new, and then the other four uh, were all, all different players. So things seem... Uh, uh, very uncertain at the back, uh, and I don't think we can just put that down to injuries. No, I, I I agree. I think injuries have been a part of it, but I think they're trying to find the right formula. They didn't have a great Nations League campaign, conceded more goals than they would have liked, so I, I think it's a little bit of trying to get the right balance. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a snake eating its own tail there because. Uh, did they perform poorly in Nations League because of the mixing and matching, or uh, you know which one caused uh, which one caused the other? Do you have an opinion? I, I think if France can can get back to their first choice, and I think both Varane and Kimbembe are part of that, that should add some stability. So, um, yeah, I think if they can call on the, the the combinations they want, then that should lead to some improved performances. That's my feeling. Yeah. Well, that actually leads nicely into the third uh, concern we have, or the third uh, issue in defence. Yeah, and that is, will veterans Dean and Pavard hold on to their positions? 
All right. Well, you talked about returning to the uh, stability of Kimbe uh, Kimpembe and Varane in central defence. Um, uh, there are definite challenges to Digne as the uh, right back and Pavard as the left back. Uh, do you see it as wiser to go in back to those veterans, Connor? Um, possibly. I, I think it's a position where we're playing in a left wing back. It requires a lot of energy up and down. Um, so it's kind of who can fill that role, especially if they do go with three at the back. Um, so I, I think France has good cover in those positions. I don't think it's, um, you know, it's as big a concern. I don't think probably has a big of an impact on, on their defensive shape, who they put in there. So we may even see them rotate in the cup potentially. Yeah. Yeah, good point. And about two-thirds of the time we saw that it has been a left wing back played by a left back. Um, uh, and that seems to be the preferred formation. Okay, let's move on to the midfield. All right, so the first issue that we've identified is too many central midfielders. Yeah, very much similar to the central defenders. Again, injury... Uh, <clears throat> Injury playing a role, but the, the same story, a lot of experimentation towards the end in those Nations League games, and, and uh, did that lead to the poor performance? How much of a role was injuries in all of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we won't repeat all that here. Uh, but then one other issue. Yeah, and that's whether uh, N'Golo Conte is losing ground. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if he's fully fit that uh, they will want to use him, but that's a big question. He's had a lot of injury concerns. Do you think he'll be the starter? If, if I think what you said is correct. I think if he's fit, um, he will start. I think he's been an indispensable part of France in the past, but he is 30 now um, and, yeah, has been in and out of the squad, so that, that may open the door for replacement or, or someone new. I, I still think at this tournament, though, he would be first choice if fit. Yeah, well, fitness is very important. I mean, he's famous kind of for being uh, all over the field and maybe, uh, you know, when a player like that hits their 30s, they don't have the energy to do it. And if fitness and injury is a concern, um, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is losing ground. Uh, <laughs> in the attack, uh, we kind of have the same issue with... Um, yeah, sorry, that's... Uh... Is Giroud making a comeback? Yeah, I guess that's not the same issue as Conte, but uh, a veteran player who never seems to uh, uh, age to the point of being off the team. But do you see him as a starter? I guess it does depend a bit on Benzema's injury. He started the last two, but Benzema wasn't there. Um, I think Giroud is probably happy to accept any role. Obviously, I'm sure would like to be starting, but if he comes off as a sub, he's a heck of a good sub to be bringing on. Um you know, if, if France need, need a goal, he, he's he's someone who's kind of, for club and country, always seems to come up with big goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, we'll see uh, when the cup comes around. Uh, but we have quite a bit of business here to do with new players and especially injuries, and not so much with notable absences. But we went through the bios of all these new players um, in the player by player. So we'll just kind of point them out by name here. Uh, do you want to take us through that? Sure. Um, so in new players for goalkeepers, we have Alphonse Areola and Mike Maignan. Um, right. Oh, um, we consider those two definite candidates, except Maignan is a bit of an injury risk, which we'll get to soon. Yeah. Um, in centre defence, um, there's, there's several. 
indefinite, we have Jules Koundé and William Saliba. And then in, um, um, uh, possible. sorry, possible, yeah. we have uh, Deo Upamecano, Benoit Badiashile, and Ibrahim Konate. Um, those are the, uh, the center backs. Right, and uh, Jules Koundé and uh, Ibrahim Konate are injury risks among those. And uh, just a note, Jules Koundé often plays on the uh, uh, right as a right back rather than as a central defender, but does do both. Yeah. Then we have um, Theo Hernandez, um, who's a, a likely candidate, and Furlan Mendy, who's possible. They're both newcomers in left defense. And then I, we have... Theo Hernandez, a bit of an injury concern there. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. And then in uh, right back, we or right defense, we have uh, Jonathan Klaus. Um, who we consider likely. Yeah, likely. And, uh, all right, yeah, moving on to the midfield. Yeah, we have a definite um, a newcomer, Aurelian Shumani. Um, he's a defensive midfielder. And then okay. um, we also have Matteo Guendouzi as a central midfielder, a newcomer, but we consider him likely. And then as a secondary striker, we have Christopher Nkuku. Kunku, um, the Leipzig player. Right. So uh, surprising, really, how how many of those young players have made uh, inroads into the squad. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, some opportunities. That the, the position probably where they struggle the most with injury, which is notably center center defense, where you see the most newcomers. But yeah, it's a lot of names um, who will be pushing um, for the squad, or some that we think will be there already. Right. Okay, well, uh, injuries, maybe if you uh, uh, tell us who it is and I can give an update or the, the latest on uh, where their injury seems to stand. Yeah, so first we have goalkeeper Mike Manian. Right, and uh, again, he was a definite candidate. However, he's got a calf injury, but he is expected back on October 20th, as we said, in the player-by-player, -player, so uh, not too much danger there. Yeah, in center um, defense, we have Jules Koundé. Yeah, and a definite candidate who, uh, who plays uh, on the right, perhaps even a little bit more than in central defense. Uh, he has an Achilles tendon problem, but he's expected to be back in time for the Cup. Uh, the return date is predicted as October 15th. Yeah, then we have Lucas Hernandez in the same position. Yeah, Lucas Hernandez was uh, was a left back for a long time, but uh, is now, is coded as a central defender, and usually in the three man defence. We have him as likely, uh, but he has a torn muscle bundle with no return date. I kind of feel like no return date is not good news, Connor. Yeah, I agree, um, especially with the tournament just uh, kind of two months away. Okay, I'm going to highlight him in red uh, if there uh, if there seems to be a serious uh, risk of them not returning, and uh, we'll be updating this in the uh, November podcast, so or in the November media cast. So um, keep your eye out for that one. Uh, Pernell Kimpembe. Oh, you're you're introducing them. Sorry, that's all right. I, uh, I'll just repeat it then. Pernell Kimpembe. Uh, he's also an injury risk. Right, we have him as a likely candidate, the central defender, and uh, has a hamstring injury, which is usually kind of a long-term thing, but he is expected back October 24th. Yeah, um, 
And then we have Ibrahima Kunate, uh, also in central defense. Yeah, he was on the injury list, but the last time I checked, he wasn't. So he was out for the last two games. Um, I can't remember. Oh, it was with a knee injury, um, but it's not on the injury list anymore. So perhaps, uh, perhaps we'll take him off the list here. Yeah, on to the left defense, we have uh, Luca Dean. And do you know anything from your personal uh, knowledge there? He has an ankle injury with no return date. No, I don't have any additional information on his injury. Okay, well, we have him as a, uh, a definite candidate, but of course, uh, only if he's fit. So a bit injury prone, uh, do you think, Luca Dean? Um, tough to say, tough to say. He may be, um, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. He might need some more game time too, which would be a question. He hasn't played much for Villa this season. Yeah, yeah, he, he's uh, kind of been out with injury a few times. Okay, who's next? Um, next, we have Theo Hernandez. Okay, Theo Hernandez, uh, We again, a likely candidate here, but um, I'm going to put Luca Dean uh, in red there because that seems one of the more troublesome ones. Uh, Theo Hernandez would be his replacement, but he was injured for the last two matches, and he too has no return date on a muscle tear, so um, a bit of a desperate situation on the left, uh, uh, left back position there, Connor. Yeah, a little bit for sure. Though it does open a, a door to um, to Ferland Mendy in that position. Yeah, right. And he played the last two games in September, so that could be a blessing for his career. Um, God, that is uh, five defenders. Are we done with defenders? We are, but we'll move on to midfield, and we have uh, some more injuries here, um, starting with Bubakar Kamara. All right, well, he's out with a knee injury. We only have him as a possible candidate uh, in the first place. Uh, he's expected back November 22nd. And not to put you on the spot here, but do you know when uh, the first game or when the World Cup begins? It's right around that time. It's that, yeah, kind of right around November 20th. So if he's just getting back and he's only a possible candidate, it might uh, spell the end for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, Adrian Rabio. Uh, oh. I'm stealing your lines again. That's all right. Um, just as well, he's, he's no longer listed as injured. So. Okay, well, we won't even put him on the list. He was uh, out with a calf injury uh, for those September games, but um, uh, fortunately, because he's a definite candidate, if uh, uh, he's no longer on the injury list, so let's move on. Yeah, next we have Kingsley Coleman. Uh, we consider the right midfielder a likely candidate. And um, he doesn't have a return date with a hamstring injury. Oof, doesn't look yeah. good, Connor. No, not so good for him. Yeah. Okay, and uh, uh, are we done with midfielders? I think we are. Yeah, just two forwards to mention as the list grows, um, beginning with Karen Benzema. All right, well, Karen Benzema uh, was on the injury list. Uh um, he's had actually a couple of injuries in the in the period that we examined, but no longer on the injury list. Uh, so maybe that means Giroud will go back to being a substitute. But um, Giroud did kind of replace him in those September games. Yeah, and then finally we have Anthony Martial. Okay, I'm going to take Kareem Benzema off because he, he's not oh, on the most recent list I saw. Uh, but Anthony Martial... 
uh, also with no return date, but the um, the diagnosis there is an Achilles irritation, which doesn't sound that serious, but sometimes niggles can be. What do you think? It, it might just be uncertain too. Uh, maybe they can't put a date on it. Um, again, he's someone that, you know, kind of on the fringe of the squad. So um, probably doesn't help his cause. He probably need to be making a push to play regularly and very well to try and squeeze in. But um, yeah, the Achilles irritation will probably hinder that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think he'd have to have a good spell with Manchester United over the next few games to uh, uh, to get in. And, and that doesn't really look likely. Okay, well, let's uh, take a look at a few absence, uh, a few absences, and actually, we're going to kind of go back to uh, the 2018 World Cup here, since some of our audience uh, will basically follow teams from World Cup to World Cup. Um, do you want to take us through that, Connor? Yeah, some of the names we mentioned, and we gave their bio, so we'll just mention it by name. But we have Steve Mandanda, the goalkeeper. Yeah, we still have him as a possible candidate, but uh, quite a few players ahead of him, and and he's getting old, uh, um, even for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Next, we have Kurt Zuma. Uh, yeah, we said uh, Kurt Zuma um, missed the last eight matches, so uh, seems to be off the squad. But we do have him as possible, but unlikely. Yeah, and then we have Samuel Mtiti. Yeah, we said during the player-by-player player that he kind of came in quickly and uh, went out quickly, so had a good uh, Euro 16 and 2018 World Cup, but um, uh, hasn't played since September 2019. Yeah, and then one other player we'll mention um, is Blaise Matuidi. I mean, if I was following World Cup to World Cup, I'd kind of wonder where he was. Uh, he was a sub in the 2018 World Cup, but then uh, gained a starting position. And uh, he's a familiar name to me, but he wasn't even around for the uh, Euro 2020. Yeah, he's actually um, 35 years old um, and was with Inter Miami most recently. He has 84 caps for France, um, but yeah, none recently. So we have him as an absence. Yeah, so all in all, that's uh, that's not bad, Connor. They still have uh, most of their big names still around. Yeah, a lot of veterans nearing retirement, but not there yet. Okay, well, let's finish by looking at who we think is going to be the starters. And basically, uh, we won't try to define the substitutes, but anyone who's in the definite or likely category that we don't identify as a starter is probably going to be uh, a substitute because we have them uh, as definite or likely to make the squad at least. So uh, what do you think for goalkeepers, Connor? Well, for goalkeepers, I, I think it has to be Hugo Lloris as, as the starter. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there's. Uh, I think Mike uh, Manion will be second if he's fit. Uh, and we should actually put Didier Deschamps as the manager as starter. Uh, we have two definite candidates, so they will probably be the backups. Uh, do you see any central defenders as um, as starters? I mean, I I think if if they were healthy, there's a there's a few I could I could um, put down and, and kind of look at also who played recently in major tournaments for them is giving some indication. Mm -hmm. um, they've they've used that that three four one two formation, um, probably being their most common formation. Um, so possibly there's three to pick from. I would say that Raphael Varane and Pranel Kimbepe 
are probably the two most likely, and then would probably add Jules Kounde in as a third. But how do you see it? Yeah, no, I agree with you uh, in principle. Um, I um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be confident enough to say Kimbembe and Bahrain. Uh, they were the kind of the starting two for the Euro Cup and in the first half of the games we examined. But they've been kind of off the team. Um, so I'm just not confident enough to uh, to put them as starters. But I do think you named the top three candidates there. Yeah, they're not the ones who played most recently. So that, like you said, it, that does add some variety. I'm probably not 100% confident on anyone, just given um, how how what the situation's been. Yeah, me too. In terms of starters, I think we've got probably five uh, five players there who will reach the final squad, but it'll kind of maybe come down to injuries or form or, uh, yeah, I'm not really confident enough to nominate any of them. Yeah. How about left back? Um, I think there's a couple injury concerns to Digne and Hernandez. So I think Furlan Mendy, who played the two games in September, is probably the most likely to start at this point. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I'm not quite ready to highlight his name in green, but I think he could slide in ahead of the other two uh, because of their injuries. Uh, are you, do you want to highlight any of those? Tough to say because it depends who's going to be fit. So, yeah, maybe it, it's best not to uh, kind of stake a claim on anyone's name at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. How about on the right side? I do see Benjamin Bavard as probably the most likely candidate, um, just partly because of the inexperience of some of the players behind him. So I would say Pavard would, would likely be starting it right back. I'll go along with that. I actually think Kunde is kind of the backup in that position. And Pavard hasn't been uh, uh, playing as much recently, but uh, he's one of the, um, the, the ones I'd be more comfortable with highlighting. Yeah. Uh, defensive or central midfielders, the uh, usually the back two or, um, yeah, usually the back two. Well, we, mm. we mentioned it when we talked about midfielders is that Conte and Pogba are probably the two most likely to start, even though they haven't been involved kind of consistently um, over the last several months. Um, but what do you see? Do you see those two as starting or do you see any newcomers kind of taking a, a spot? Uh, we have Rabio as a, a definite candidate, but he, he can play all over the field. So uh, he might not be a central midfielder, but maybe on the right or even a bit more attacking. Uh, I agree with you about uh, Kante and Pogba, but I'm just not confident enough that um, uh, I, they just haven't started enough games recently enough for me to, to think that they're, they're going to be a starter in the cup. Yeah, we should mention that Chumene started the two games in September. Um, so that could be some indication if it is going to be someone else. Yeah, uh, that's right. He's the, the uh, actually, yeah, among the candidates that we have here, I would say Chumene um, seems to be the most likely starter now. Are you confident enough about that to highlight it? Probably not him yet, just because I'm not sure about Pogba and Conte. But um, if you feel confident, then then go for it. No, I kind of agree with you. I think uh, I think it depends on uh, injury concerns and stuff like that. So we're not doing well here in nominating the starting squad. Any left midfielders? I think given that we've seen they often play fullbacks in the in the left kind of winger position, um, I don't see any of the names we have as likely starters. 
Um, they just haven't played enough regularly. Yeah, me neither. We only have Usman Dembele as a possible candidate to reach the squad, so I wouldn't be nominating him as a starter. How about Kingsley Coleman on the right midfield? Yeah, we mentioned his big injury concern. Um, so, yeah, probably unlikely. Um, yeah, to make the squad. So, yeah, I don't see a starting position. But injuries, again, rear their ugly head. Yeah. Uh, left wingers, and uh, um, that's, as you said, usually played by the left and right back. And we weren't uh, sure uh, about those either. So, we are really not doing well here. Right wingers, they don't even have any players nominated as a right winger um so we uh probably won't choose any of those but i think we can do a bit better with the forward line yeah i think uh mbappe and griezmann are, are nailed on starters and i would give benzema the edge over Giroud um if he's fit yeah given that he's not on the injury list i'm actually uh, uh ready to highlight him in green do you have any major objections to that Nope, not with uh, not with Benzema. Okay, well, a lot left up in the air. They certainly have a lot of great players to choose from, but uh, none of them have really been playing uh, regularly enough uh, for us to nominate a lot of starters, except in the forward line, uh, where we're quite confident about we're starters. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll have uh, a bit firmer opinion in the update podcast. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Um, that update podcast will be coming out uh, probably in mid-November once the final rosters are, are published and we'll uh, talk about any developments on the team, especially with injuries when it comes to France. Yeah, and meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check the, the show notes uh, for links to our website and previous podcast series. All right. Thanks for listening. And we hope to see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>